Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Probably not for much longer. Um, exciting announcement on the Believe Knicks podcast is that uh, Stacy Pat and I are in all likelihood going to be leaving the Believe Knicks podcast to be starting our own podcast somewhere else. So stay tuned for those details. Um, Stacy is currently pulling his Carmen San Diego routine and traveling the world. So I feel we should be together when we break the news to you like we are two divorcing parents. Except in this case, your parents aren't breaking up. They're just hauling you off in the middle of the night somewhere weird and strange. We should do this all together. So that's the big news for the podcast. I thought we should have an episode tonight because it is draft night. And because when I decided days ago to plan this episode, I assumed like a fool that all the rumors around the Knicks making some kind of exciting move meant, hey, what a fertile time to do an episode. Let me book it now. I'm going to be honest with you people. This is completely a labor of love because usually by this time of night, I am chilling um, and getting ready for bed, but there are always things to talk about, and we will talk about those things tonight with a special guest. But before we get to the special guest, I feel it is especially appropriate in light of the death of all the billionaires recently at the bottom of the ocean to celebrate capitalism with an ad copy read. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, if you consider that a sport, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts, where the pod starts today is a special guest. He has been on the show, I think, once before. Um, mm-hmm. But and I'm extremely excited to have him on and extremely grateful, given that he was just drafted about eight minutes ago by the Miami Heat. Welcome, That's crazy. Welcome to the Believe Pod from the Strickland and originally posting a toasting fame, Drew Steele. Drew, how are you doing, friend? <laughs> I was just uh, talking with Prez about the draft mm-hmm. for the Strickland. And he didn't have the nerve to tell me I was in the draft. Prez is a fame whore and doesn't want to share it with anybody. Like, uh, like are we kidding me? Like, how did no one tell me <laughs> that there's a guy that looks exactly like me in the draft? And have you seen him play? He's a very easy player to root for. He's a he he does all kinds of things. He's a very good like shot block help shot blocker from behind. Um, very does very easy make, on does the Does this eyes. make me an honorary uh, Latin Latinx? 
I will discuss it with the others at the roundtable, and we will make our decision. Yes, p- yes, please, please. Take four to six roundtable meeting. I will tell you in, in Caribbean time. The four to six weeks really means eight to twelve. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So, <laughs> I like to usually reflexively say, like, a lot going on to talk about today, Drew. But what there is to talk about today is, I think, a lot of the things that are not happening. They still could. Obviously, it's draft mm-hmm. night. A lot of things are going to shake and fall out as they may. But my initial greatest curiosity with you is to understand, um, as it was revealed to me this week, your just irrational hatred for Zach Levine and why you <laughs> want this human being. No, um, obviously, there were a lot, of, a lot of talk this week about, well, the Knicks, oh, they're interested in Levine. Maybe they'll make a trade of RJ and pieces. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. just trade pieces and add Levine. And it sounded to me like the fit to you is not the question. It's just the player. Like, you do not want the Knicks making... Is it the fact that it costs assets versus, like, if Levine was a free agent? Okay. (laughs) Give us your... Give us... Because I I wrote a long time ago that Zach Levine looks to me like the person who would have stolen your girlfriend in high school. Yes. Yes. But give us your your Zach Levine thing. So he's the girl that would... Like, he's the guy who would steal your girl in high school. And then immediately go back to work in the high school because, like, those were his glory days, right? Like, that's who Zach Levine is. Like, he's just, he just does nothing for me. Like, he is so, like, an Isaiah Thomas type of guy to me, right? He's all flash, he's all star name and everything, and there's just no substance. And everyone can cite the three-point percentage, the different shots he makes, and all that sort of stuff, I get it, right? Like, he does it on volume. Like, I get that. The team needs spacing because R.J. Barrett can't shoot. I get it. (laughs) I I get all of it. He just hasn't played on – like, he just doesn't look like he plays winning basketball. And I know I sound like a big-time boomer when I say these things, right? Because, like, you got to think of the context of the team's and his roles and all these sort of things, I just see a guy that every time he's on a team, he does they don't win. And I think you have to consider that in some sort of capacity on in a game where it is a team sport, but players do make a big impact. Like singular players do make a big, big impact. We saw that with just having Jalen Brunson on the team. Like we just added Jalen Brunson to the team that, basically went to the playoffs like a few years ago and you saw how much that changed the Knicks. Like players do make an impact. I, I like I, that's great. He has the numbers like congrats. I would given love to be wrong presence, though. Given the presence then of Brunson and if Levine were to walk in the door tomorrow, mm-hmm. this would be the best team he would have joined in his career. Yes. Do you think, <laughs> yes. do you think he pulled, like, do you think it's a, a thing where, he pulls the team down. No, I just think he's or he's not worth what he will. I just think he's a guy. I, I think he's a very talented player that just doesn't add to winning. I don't really know mm-hmm. how to really capture it because like empty stats don't necessarily do it, right? Because empty stats, even as a concept, right? They're not really empty, right? The idea is like a player is putting into something, but like really taking away. Like in somewhere else, that's why I don't always like mm. the idea of like empty stats because like you can put up these big offensive numbers, but it's usually you're so bad at defense, it just doesn't matter. 
Levine just just strikes me as just like the very talented guy who just I don't know just doesn't give you anything. I've been trying to think of a good way to really capture what I'm feeling, and I really haven't been able to do it yet because I don't want. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I want to hear. I want to hear this. You just said some. That description reminded me of a Nick. Um, when when Pat Riley came to the Knicks and they let Xavier McDaniel go, everybody remembers Charles Smith as the successor to Xavier McDaniel. He wasn't. Mm -hmm. There was a player between McDaniel and Charles Smith who started the first probably a couple dozen games of that season. Uh huh. And he was a player who had played as a Laker in the late '80s for Riley. Nobody remembered him because he wasn't. He was a bench player. He wasn't a big anything. Um, when the Timberwolves were founded, this player went to Minnesota uh, in the expansion draft and had a couple of years where he put up over 20 a game. And I was a kid when they added him. You're, I'm like, oh my god, they added this 20 point scorer. Like obviously. And when and watching him play, you realized the the principle of like at a certain level any NBA team is going to score a baseline number of points. Somebody mm -hmm. has to score those points. Like someone's, go, it's yes. like water filling a vac. Like someone's going to fill it. So Tony Campbell was this player who was not remarkable. And when you saw him on the Knicks, you saw like, he's just kind of an average player, but his numbers in other places in Minnesota looked like, Oh, there must be something there. And like you're saying, it wasn't, it wasn't empty stats. It wasn't like he was pouring it in on one end and then like catch it. He just wasn't, Someone was going to score those points, and he was yes. just mo more likely to score them than a lot of his teammates were. Yes, and Levine maybe sounds to me like he's a gifted, like he can he can do things. I I think I have the the thing I'm looking for. He's okay. more athletic, um, Kevin Martin. Like remember Kevin Martin? Kevin Martin was a good basketball player. Bean pole, he yeah. dropped twenty. He could shoot threes. He could score. No one yes. doubted that. He just didn't play on good teams. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's the teams. Like, all I know is, like, when I'm watching Zach Levine on these teams and these games, like, he's there. He's mm. not. He's not. I, f I don't feel like he's. I'm like, oh, shit. Zach Levine's about to take over. Like, I don't. Mm. Like, I don't care about it. He can take over. I'm not, like, the, it's not that the ability's not there. It's just, I don't know. It's just nothing. But, like, if you want to do the argument of, you want to bring that high usage percentage guy into the fold, like the Knicks fold. I get the logic, right? Like I get the logic of the profile and the archetyping that someone yeah. is describing to replace, to basically be like, Hey, I don't think RJ Barrett's ever going to be efficient scoring at the rim, or I don't think RJ Barrett's pull-up shooting is going to be even league average, right? Like mm -hmm. you kind of need something to give with RJ in order for it to make sense. And this is what Prez and I were talking about with like the draft in case like trading RJ or whatever. Like if RJ finishes like he did in the playoffs for basically like the rest of his career, you, we, perfect, right? Like that's kind of the third guy you ultimately want on your team. Like kind of like playoff RJ. If like if playoff RJ was all regular season RJ, we would not be having this discussion. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just ultimately you're taking like, should I take the small sample size or the four years? <laughs> like, right? Like the four yeah. years. Yeah. Basically. So like that that's it's a very valid concern to be worried about. But like to me, it would be like, well, bring in Paul George then, right? Like that's who, right? Like take the legitimate upgrade. Yes, he's older or whatever, but like take someone who I think is a legitimate 
without question upgrade because there are questions with Zach Levine. Like that's kind of the thing. Yeah. If it hits, like right, if the Knicks do this, I'll be upset. Not because like I just didn't want it to happen. Like I would love to be proven wrong though. Right. In a situation like that, right? Because me being proven wrong is like the Knicks are winning and I then I become someone who's can take a step back and be like, oh, okay, maybe team context really does matter mm-hmm. a little more with certain guys and I could start applying that to different situations. Like it'll be a really good learning experience. But like mm-hmm. I just I don't see it. Like I just don't see it. I'd rather stick with this team than bring in Zach Levine. Would you would GM Drew make a deal that was RJ whatever a couple first and salary filler for Paul George? Yes. Despite the fact George's age does not concern yes. you enough that you would hold off. He also has is that because you're not that high on RJ, or is that because you think Paul George is that good? I think Paul George is probably that good. It, it has more to do with that. Like you're definitely running into Paul George being older. Paul George, like the injury concern, and Paul George coming, like he's going to demand a very high contract. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, there's definitely risks involved, but like, he's still very, 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 very good. Mm-hmm. And he would be in, I would say, a better position, probably one of the better positions he'll have late in his career, where mm-hmm. he doesn't have so much of a burden because Randall and Brunson mm-hmm. yep. are there to help mm-hmm. out. And I would then I also think if Randall again doesn't show off in the playoffs, right? Like as good as RJ was, you need someone who's going to provide you more. And mm-hmm. Paul George could in theory provide you more mm-hmm. in that like he's actually the third option, but like if someone's off, he's actually the second option. Right? Like that's that's basically RJ's role is like if Brunson's off or Randall's off, like RJ yeah. needs to be on. And I'd rather Paul George in that role than RJ Barrett for, because like, I don't think the Knicks are that far, right? Like we looked at this heat team, they made a great run, right? Like that's, that's basically what the heat were. It was a great run because they do a great job of finding guys who can shoot off screens and the playoffs allow you to um, not be a state, you know, like not be as stationary in screens in the regular season, right? They, they allow more movement. So it really benefits, like, the Heat plus, you know, like, Spo is one of the best. Like, he just has everyone prepared. Like, that's just who he is in that team. Like, the Knicks weren't that far from facing the Boston Celtics, right, (laughs) like, in the Eastern Conference Finals. And so, like, I think the Knicks are closer than um, people want to give them credit for. Because, like, when you think about the Knicks playoff, it was ultimately Randall crapped the bed, Brett, uh, yeah, Randall crapped the bed, Tibbs uh, crapped the bed again, and Emmanuel quickly got hurt, but he wasn't playing well, and no team is going to do well or be successful in the playoffs if one of their best players is not playing well, especially mm-hmm. one who is third-team All-NBA this year. So, like, even, like, if Randall was just fine instead of, like, bad, they probably beat the Heat. They might have. They might have. It would, have been, you... it would have been closer. And I, I definitely think would, there'd be like a game seven and then anything can happen in a game seven type yeah. situation. So like, I don't think the Knicks are that far. So like Paul George would be like that step up. I think like it's more of a solidified step up. Mm-hmm. Levine is like, like a wild card, but 
RJ Barrett's also a wild card, so just I'll take the guy who I know already. Do you have I'm not asking what the opinion is. I'm asking if you have a fixed opinion on RJ. Like, does Drew have a sense of what he thinks RJ will be? I don't. I don't. And that's the confusing part with me because you see it, right? It's like all the flashes throughout these four years have been there. And you see what that is. And And then you saw it which I think you really do have to give credit to. I know some people want to underplay it, but like these are like in the most important games of the Knicks seasons, RJ Barrett stopped being bad and decided to show up and play mm-hmm. good. Like to me that I do put that, like I do give some credence to it. And, and like that type of player, you saw where if he's getting to the rim and finishing, he is scoring an easy 20 plus, right? Like it, like inefficient, he's getting to the line he was making his free throws and he was making his layups. And despite like he doesn't have any efficiency, but he gets to the paint at a very, very, very high rate. And that is a skill, like a skill that's very important in the NBA. And you're banking on the finishing coming around or you're banking at like some form of three point shooting and a pull-up jumper. It could be a mid-range elbow jumper. It could be a straight-on three. Like, some sort of pull-up jumper shot for him. And that opens up his game. Then you have pretty much the wing every team wants. You know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, very strong, plus wingspan. Can rebound when he wants to. Can pass when he wants to. And can score. And he's always looking to score. So, like... His, it's a very, I don't think the steps are far, but they're very difficult steps to actually take. Mm. And that's what makes it confusing with him. Because, like, at what point do you just pull the plug when you have someone as good as Jalen Brunson? Like, mm-hmm. how much more can you actually wait for R.J. Barrett to turn around? And I think that's a very legitimate question, just given how successful this next season was. Especially in spite of him, because he get like the Knicks definitely did not get to the playoffs because of RJ Barrett. Yeah. So that's where I am with him. Is he's, he's just so confused. Are you, are you feeling the same way? I feel like I feel, I feel very unsettled with him. I like him a lot. I feel a lot of the time like that. I have to remember, like he's about to turn 23. Um, he's not, he's nowhere near whatever you say. He's nowhere near the best. His prime is still four or five years away. Then I think of, there are a lot of players that I've seen where for various reasons, I'm not saying this will happen with him, but there's a lot of players who like four or five years in, that's the best that they get for, because of health, because of, um, commitment, because of all kinds of things like. So you can't just project infinite line of progress. Nope, you cannot. So the thing I wanted to ask, because this is for me kind of the dividing line, and I, I read, I have read literally in the last week, one person talk about, and I watched RJ Barrett for years, but I don't have a strong sense of him as a defender. I read one person who wrote that like, well, you know, RJ, it was a, it was talk about a team the Knicks might trade Barrett to. 
mm-hmm. and the the summation. Oh, this would be great for this team because he can grow into, um, you know, uh, a twenty point a game scorer and like a plus defender on the wing. And I read that, and I'm like, I don't think of RJ as like a plus defender. And then I read other, mm-hmm. you know, things, and people are like, ah, eh, like he's kind of he's he's actually a, a minus on that end. And I feel like I don't, he doesn't get torched. Like I don't know if that's youth. I don't know if that's just a hard. I, I don't watch the game focusing on individual defense the way that you focus maybe on offense um mm-hmm. but for me the big the big uh the the biggest question mark is i don't know what he is as a two-way i don't know what i think of him as a two-way yeah. player like offensively i can easily say he's fine like as long as he doesn't crater mm-hmm. in any way like he'll be okay like he gets to the line um he's not a ball hog um you can you can because he's the wing that he is like you could get a jumbo wing and put next to him. You could get a scoring center and play that person in the post with him. Mm-hmm. Like Brunson can cook around him. Like he he's positionally like great. Like he's that that housing market that you want. Mm-hmm. But the basement is like his defense. Like I do not know. Do you have any? We've seen him for four years, and and I don't feel like we have to know who he is after four years. But like, mm-hmm. do you have to yourself a sense of RJ the defender? I really hate trying to figure out defense probably like you right because it's yeah, just like, right. what exactly like it's so ambiguous there are certain things i do think are standard in terms of like defense like to measure like does someone get like beat off the dribble every single time right that you can kind of look at and be like oh their feet aren't positioned in the right way and like those like mm-hmm. like things like that i think there are some things like because he's not a steal and blocks guy and he's not like, I'm going to force a turnover guy. It's really difficult because he doesn't rebound the way he should and is capable of throws things off too. Because he's, he comes off to me as a defender, just like, I'm just going to play sound defense and I'm going to make this guy take a very difficult shot. And if he makes it, he makes it right. Like that's what he comes off as. And that type of defense difficult to measure because if you're getting cooked, it looks like you're not playing defense. Yep. So, but yeah, it's like, because he's not a stocks guy, he's not a turnover guy. His defense is going to basically fluctuate where we're going to be like, is he actually good or not? Yeah. I think it would just help if he just played positionally sound defense, grabbed a rebound. You know how like Josh Hart plays defense? Like basically if you just do like Josh Hart, where like you stay in front of your guy, you contest the shot, you grab the rebound and run. Then we'd be yep. like, oh, RJ Barrett's a plus defender. Right? Like he, that's yes. all he like that's what he needs to do because yeah. he's not a turnover. Like he's not like Deuce, right? He's not like quickly, he's not like Grimes. Like that's not the type of defensive player no. he is. Um no. like like Brunson's bad, but like Brunson hustles and tries and he's so tiny he can squeak in for those charges. So he literally because like yeah. Brunson knows he can't do anything else on defense except the forced turnovers. So that's what he does, and that's what he provides. RJ should take a similar approach where like I I can't force turnovers, so I will just grab rebounds or I will just box out. Like I feel like that's what he just kind of needs to embrace. And then I, I think we would be, and then he would be. Then we would say, oh, he's a plus defender. Like look, he's boxing out. The team gets more rebounds and he boxes out. We're good. Or like something like that. Like he he's not giving some sort of stat, even though I don't think rebounding is like a sign of good defense. It's, yeah, yeah. It's it's closing out a defensive possession. So I think it's two separate things. 
But if he's someone who is closing out a defensive possession with the rebound, I would say good, good team, you know, defense. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you. Like, I don't know. Cause there's some days he looks fine. Some days he looks terrible. Some days mm-hmm. he won't get a rebound. Sometimes he'll grab six with ease. And it's like, I, I don't know what to make of him. I love the point you made about heart because it reminds me of in, in football, like there's, there's guys in the secondary who can get interceptions and there's guys on the field who like, if they have, if they get an interception, like the moment the ball is in their hands, it is dangerous. Like Deion Sanders mm-hmm. was like this. Um, there used to be a dude on the chiefs. I can't remember his name now. Uh, but like your the point about heart, the heart's ability to so rapidly turn a defensive rebound into an offensive push, like yes. is a, is a significant skill. Like you, I, yes. the number of times more than so certainly in the regular season, but the number of times that like, I had to recognize, like, because you don't see it a lot. Like, Hart has a very specific gift for getting a rebound, dribbling through four people, and getting a layup. Mm-hmm. Um, and if RJ pushed like that, I think that would, like you're saying, like, that's an upgrade in terms of, oh, maybe he's not more, like, defense, like you're saying, is 24 seconds to the rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, if he could be a threat at any point, either, like, McBride from day one, you can see the, the first time he checked into a yeah. game he looks like somebody's shadow like he's that kind yeah. of defender yes rj's okay he's not that guy yeah, um not at all and he's not he's not a plus rebounder but like you're saying like if he just there were points where i thought that um was it quickly there were points where quickly looked to me like he picked up some things from brunson last year i am hoping that there will be times where barrett maybe will learn from Hart because yes i would love you, that if you can put, yeah. So, speaking of Brunson, um, I don't get to ask this question a lot because I feel like now if you ask it, you risk being like tarred and feathered by Nick Twitter. Um, I spoke to this about Stacy once, and okay. I'm definitely taking a little bit of liberty with the numbers because I love it. Some, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for some time in life, an inch can be important. But Jalen Brunson is is six two, and in my lifetime, maybe six one, six two. Um, I don't think he's six two. I I think we were having this discussion about yeah. Okay, good. like I I think he's I think he's probably six, like he's like six six like and he's a half. Six foot. Yeah, like he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's six foot, he like if he, if they're saying he's six two, like he's probably just barely six feet with shoes on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have seen two players in my life that small who okay. I'm pushing it a little bit, but. Um, I basically have seen, I think, two players that small that teams built a title winner around. And mm-hmm. one was Isaiah Thomas, and one yes. was Steph Curry. Now, Steph Curry is listed as 6'3". I don't buy that. Um, I think he's like 6'2". But even if he is 6'3", he's a short 6'3". If that makes sense to anybody, he's mm-hmm. a short 6'3". Um, but those are, like, I'll fast forward through everything because there's, there's a lot of particulars in, in all of that. I am somewhere in my mind concerned because I love Nick fans and because they've been through a lot that there's the possibility that last season was so welcome and so surprising and so unusual that we might be deluding ourselves into certain things. I don't know if this is true, but it's something I look out for. If your friend has never been in love and then suddenly they're ready to get engaged, you're like, oh, wait, let me make sure. Uh Uh-huh. So you're not allowed to ask this, but I'm going to ask this. Are we convinced after 
one season, now that the entire league has seen Brunson like as the lead of a team, they they're gonna game plan all this stuff. Are you, Drew, confident that Jalen Brunson can be the best player on a title winner? Yes. Okay. I am like fully I Okay. Am fully convinced. Like Did you feel that way when they first acquired him? Okay, so this was my thing when they first acquired him. I had a very big internal debate of because I don't like small guards. Mm-hmm. I just fundamentally don't like. I don't like small guards. Like you said, like who's actually winning mm-hmm. with small guards? And it was like you mentioned, like the Pistons, the Sixers got very close. That's actually who Brunson very much reminds me of. Yeah, just like Iverson in that sense. Um, they won with Steph. The, the Raptors had their team thing where Kyle Lowry was definitely like the second best player. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry's not big. Um, but he was second best by some distance. Yeah, of course. But you have to say like, it's very few times where you're like one of the best players on the court yeah. is six foot. It's why I didn't want Donovan yeah. Mitchell. It's one of the big things like, hey, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell's great. He's super athletic. He has crazy scoring ability. Well, guess what? He's tiny, right? And you kind of saw that in the playoffs this year. He's tiny. Yep. I... So, like, that was competing against Jalen Brunson's immaculate, like, star shot profile. And mm-hmm. I, I've i been looking at shot charts and trying to understand shot data <laughs> and what shots are good, what shots are bad, especially because with the whole Mori ball, right? Because everyone's like, Mori ball, threes and dunks. And it's like, y- yes, but also, like, no, because, like, that's an – that was always an – aggregate baseline that's not what like Hmm. stars do stars have to take all stars have to make all the shots that aren't threes and buckets like threes and layups right like that's what stars have to do stars have to manufacture layups get to the line and they got to hit crazy jumpers Mm -hmm. and jalen brunson does all that he did that in college he did that with the Mavs when he got his chance. Mm-hmm. Um, he did it when Luca was out. He did it when Luca was in. Good. And yeah. he did it as, like, I know he played with Julius Randle. Julius Randle got the all-star bid and the all-NBA team. But I think everyone knows this was Jalen Brunson's team. This was Jalen. Like, Jalen Brunson was the best player. Mm-hmm. And the Cavs and the Heat had all the time in the world to stop him. And they didn't. Like, the Knicks didn't lose because of Jalen Brunson. Jaylen the only Brunson two players that he could not stop all year were Brunson and Jokic. Yeah, right? Like, they couldn't stop Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. Like, he he had – didn't he have, like, 40 in the game six game? Like, he was the only yes. one who showed up, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's that guy. Like, that guy, I don't think it's a fluke. That, like, you don't fluke your way into those shots that he's making. I don't think you fluke your way – into it i mean if he said that about randall i mean i feel like we've been on point where like the first randall year was kind of a fluke in a way right like if you said if you were like randall is the actual fluke where like i know he had the you know first team third second team 13 right 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 get it but like we're like he has the bad playoff performance he can't be that guy and he did it again in this right. playoffs, right? So, like, we could see, like, oh, Julius Randle's probably more of a fluke. I would say he's more of a fluke of what mm-hmm. he's doing than Jalen Brunson. I feel like Brunson is just – he's that guy. And then also, you saw he left the Mavs. I, 
Luca's right. Luca's like the one of the best players in the world. Yeah. He, <laughs> and he then he had Kyrie at the end, and mm-hmm. the Mavs did nothing. Like, nothing. Yep. Mm-hmm. like Jalen, and then Jalen Brunson without Luca led his team, right? And then no one would say Julius Randle's better than Luca Doncic either, right? Like no one would say that. So like a lesser second guy or a lesser first guy than Luca, mm-hmm. and he got the Knicks further. Like he had the Knicks a better season, better mm-hmm. everything. So mm-hmm. like he's shown it both in college in the high pressure. We could talk, you know, if you don't want to say give college any credit, that's fine. I don't, I don't watch it. Even though we're watching the draft right now, I couldn't tell you. Right. <laughs> like any of these people, I have no yeah. idea. Right. But that's, I, I just think he displays all of the characteristics of like what the star needs to do or the star offensive player. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, he's not giving you anything on defense. Like that's something you kind of like have to, like you have to control that. So he's similar almost in like, remember how we used to talk about Melo as like, he's clearly the most, like one of the most talented offensive players ever, but like you'll need a specific team to build around him. Mm -hmm. I think there's some characteristics with that with Brunson, but also point guard defense isn't that, important in the playoffs mm-hmm. so like plus he was cooking like he because he cooked everyone who was guarding him like it, it almost doesn't matter if you need to hide him or not like he's gonna he's providing way too much gravity and way too much offensive focus to be like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter it almost it basically doesn't matter what he does on defense you saw it in the first round i mean cleveland had two guards who could score with almost anybody and they didn't. They, no, he doesn't. Not. He he doesn't. He doesn't kill you on defense. Um, no. he's good enough. Like, he he he. That's a point where he differs to me than Melo. Melo reminded me of Iverson in the sense that, like, to win with him, you have to build a very particular team, right. not just of players who can defend, but of players who don't, who honestly don't care about scoring. Like, they have to be players who don't care. Like, Eric mm-hmm. Snow didn't care about scoring. Aaron McKee. George Lynch, Neil Ratliff, Mutombo, sadly less than the others. He did have a bit of an ego about it. But for the most part, you had to give him players who could defend and who did not care if they shot. Melo had a bit of that, like when he had guys like Kenyon Martin in Denver, Nene, Tyson Chandler in New York. Brunson, I feel like, isn't thankfully that complicated. Yeah, like you can, he's, not, he's, he's not really like that, that at all. Yeah. Um, so that's very encouraging. Along those lines, um, and I, I don't usually like to get ahead of myself, but just not, they haven't made a trade. There's nothing else to talk about, so this is what there is. Brunson's got, I think, two years left before he has a third-year option that he's going to opt out of because he's already probably doubled that money. Mm-hmm. From an organizational building point of view, if you know we have two years left of this player at this dollar amount, this is like mm-hmm. a, a broad question. Take it however you want to. Do you feel there's more pressure to, like, get whoever now when he's making nothing in even if it means overpaying so that in the next two years we can make our move with our with our our mvp caliber point guard making 26 million or do you say look we're in it for the long haul with this guy pretty much um let's stay the course let's wait until the right person comes along that we know we're gonna have for like five years 
yeah. and, and get that person. And even if that means in the next one or two years, we don't win. I, this is an enormous broad question, but I'm just curious what your whatever pops into your head from that. This you're making a good point. It's almost it's not that like dissimilar to saying like, well, Julius Randle only has like two years left on his deal. Yeah, same thing. And mm-hmm. he's clearly very talented. He's gonna opt he out. Has, sure, he's probably gonna opt out. He hasn't showed up in the playoffs. He's had a tumultuous relationship with New York. I would say understandably present I always joke about is that Julius Randle is just us regular us like dealing with like mental health issues but like in the highest pressure thing like Julius Randle is just me, right? Julius <laughs> Randall is just me with depression right like, yeah I'm like, saying that is a New Yorker who gave it back to New York right like I <laughs> like I understand what Julius Randle is going through where he's just like I can't stand it it's like yeah yeah we're the worst we know it like you mm-hmm. like it's a mm-hmm. mindset that you're like you have to be built into like i get it but it also it's just like this would probably be the best time to almost like take that step back and kind of get what you're at where you're just like for me it's like jalen brunson probably is here for the long haul mm-hmm. and why don't and because he's younger than randall why don't we just take a step back because i would say that even though randall what randall did got us to the playoffs he was because he wasn't that good and the Knicks did that well without him being good. And they have good young guys too, right? It's not like they don't have good young players, right? Like mm-hmm. Emmanuel quickly, I don't think is going to be a bad again in the playoffs. I think let me ask you a question. About, let me ask you about that point because I was, I was writing the other day and thinking about this with quickly and Grimes versus someone like Randall. Um, I, am not always certain how much to combine Randall's 2021 playoffs and this year's playoffs into one case study because I think this season, to me, two ankle sprains and mm-hmm. spending that entire postseason guarded by Evan Mobley and Bam Adebayo, I, I certainly, I've seen enough where I don't think like you can mm-hmm. ride Randall to a title, but I think there are there are asterisks all over that. Um, Grimes, and in particular, I think, forget Grimes, we'll say quickly. There seems to be a lot of confidence among a lot of Nick fans that I read and hear from that, like, whatever, quickly has had two postseasons now. Neither one has been good. There's no concern. He, he was a rookie in the first he one. Was. So I'll, I'll give him that. Might, and you might, that could be just a valid reason to say I'm not going to include that in the case study. Mm-hmm. Like, That's but even before it. quickly hurt his ankle, it wasn't just a matter of, well, his shot didn't fall. Quickly yeah, looked lost in the first round. There were times mm-hmm. that he was being almost run off the court defended by Darius Garland, which is not a sentence that you usually find yourself saying. What have you seen either before then or just mm-hmm. whatever is characteristic of quickly to you that has you confident? I don't, I'm not worried about what I just saw. I know this guy mm-hmm. is closer to who I saw for 82 than who I saw for eight. It's the defense. Yeah. It's the defense as the baseline. I, I think as lost as he was on offense, I still thought he was good on defense. And I don't ever want to discredit that. And I think the problem with Tibbs, I think the one thing Tibbs did was almost like not like trust quickly enough. And I get it why he's not right. Cause like 
he made some really dumb play. Like quickly look, made some really stupid shit. And I mm-hmm. totally get Tip just being like, I I don't have patience for it. Mm-hmm. I also just think quickly's the type of guy you just kind of have to just like let it ride. Mm-hmm. He's I, I think quickly is just like all vibes and energy and things like that. He just kind of reads off it, he just feeds off it. Like give him chance. It's Obi too. It's why mm-hmm. I wish we just found a way to get Obi in more because like Obi just like he doesn't need the ball he just runs and plays and just mm-hmm. has this infectious energy and vibe and it's just great to watch so that's why I have faith in quickly because he's taken so like he's improved so much year over year mm-hmm. over year like a lot a lot like he is not the player like I get the shooting hasn't come back as much as we wanted to but it was coming back to close out the year. Like the shooting was coming back. Yeah. So like if the shooting comes back and he's playing un- like unbelievable defense, I-, I-, I just think he's just a legitimate, like you're talking like a two-way really high upside play that if he hits, right? Kind of like like Grimes is a very good safe baseline at the start yes. of the two. Yes, yes. But if quickly hits, right, you have a legitimate two-way guard with an like all NBA uh, starting point guard. That's you're not saying all defense. Easy. You're saying all NBA. I feel like Brunson should have gotten all NBA. Like, he, oh wait, I'm sorry. Gonna... I thought you were saying quickly had all NBA point guard um, potential. No, no, no. Brun- Brunson's already the all NBA point guard. Okay, okay. But like. Quickly has that type of impact, though, right? Like he has all of like those advanced impact number, like yes. star impact stuff. So like, always has, always has, he always has. And that was like, it was the argument for Jokic for so long, right? Everyone dismissed the whole Jokic stuff too, like myself included. I had an agenda with Porzingis. I had yep, to root for one. Too. I had I had to root for one Eastern European tall white man. <laughs> And it was not going to be the guy in Denver. It was going to be the guy on the New York Knicks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But like for Jokic, though, he had all the amazing advanced numbers. And everyone's just like, these numbers are MVP numbers. Like you kind of have to just ride it out and see. And we just saw it. He, the bet. Yeah. Him and Giannis are the best players in the NBA. They play two different styles, right? But like those are yeah. the two guys. That, and Jokic, like without question. Like the like he is without question. Like if you want to say I'm fine saying he's the best NBA player. So yeah, like he's the best player mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. I'm really not saying quickly is going to be that. What I'm getting at is the argument for allowing Jokic to figure things out sh- because of these impact numbers should be the reason why the Knicks need to give quickly more faith. Mm-hmm. Because if it does pan out, like you see what that type of impact does on the court. Just having like we're playing winning basketball whenever he's on the court. Like they're outscoring their opponents and their defense. Like they're outscoring their opponents and their opponents aren't scoring. Like yep. they're playing winning basketball. You can't just ignore that impact. Mm-hmm. So like you have to like ride it out. Like to me, it's like I that's why I think like you just gotta keep them and have that faith because of like those impact numbers. Like I don't like I real I'm not gonna be crazy and be like he's a future MVP. 
No, like, I mean, as a Knicks fan, of course, I'm going to say that. Like, if I'm right. arguing with, like, a Celtics fan or someone, I'm going to be like, yeah, quickly he's an MVP. But <laughs> I, I, I just like his advanced stats so much that you're just like, you just yeah. just give it a shot. Like, what's there to lose? Like, there's really nothing to lose if you give it a shot. And, and if it fails... The combo card, the fact that, like, he's, it's yes. not just you have to slide him into one, like, he can you can play him in three guard, you can play him at either guard, um, he can defend the other team's point. He can defend. He can do. He can really things. defend the best, like wing defense. Let's be like he does a no. he does a better job on bigger guys than like RJ Barrett. And RJ Barrett has the frame to defend better guys. Mm-hmm. And you should just see quickly just get into a guy's space and mm-hmm. not move. Mm-hmm. And that's the like the most important part of defense is really like getting in a spot and not yeah. moving. Don't let the scorer get to their spot. Yeah, like that is like the most important skill. So like if Quickly's like in the guy like is easily in the guy's space, like he mm-hmm. beat them to the spot, is in the space, and he's not budging. Otherwise mm-hmm. it'd be an offensive foul. Like mm-hmm. that's great defense. It doesn't really mm-hmm. matter if he's six three, six four, or whatever it is, right? Like that's just no. good defense. Especially with his arms too. I think he has a yeah, pretty like good. He has, these long, he has these crazy long, lanky arms. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know, like he has a strong core. He doesn't move. Like, and he's in somebody, like, he can defend up a little bit. Like, it, it's, like, he's, I think that's what also kind of makes, if you trade for, like, if you trade RJ away, right? I do yeah. think there's at least some sort of, like, like backup plan where, like, quickly does have that high upside. And yeah. Grimes has a very high floor where yes. it's not really going to hurt the Knicks. Mm-hmm. But, so, like, that's why it's okay to move off of RJ if you need to. Like, I, again, I'm like, don't do it for Zach Levine. But, like, if there's a yeah. wing out there, like, you should probably consider it if you think, like, Randall isn't going to shit the bed again. <laughs> True. But, like, but okay. I'm also, like, with you, too, with the Randall thing. Like, I think it's very easy to be, like, let's just trade him. Yeah. Right? Like, because if, like, I'm advocating for the next to trade him, under the impression they're probably going to take a step back, right? Like in terms of like how they're going to do in the playoffs, maybe in the regular how season. How good do you think Toppin is? Because the number of people I speak to, like I like Obi, and I think mm-hmm. Obi can be good. I, the number of people I speak to who are just convinced that like if you just get Randall out of the way, you can plug in Toppin. And you're not going to miss a beat. He's a different kind of player, sure. But mm-hmm. in terms of his overall impact, like you won't lose anything and it might even be better. Are you, how do you feel about Obi? See, I'm very, like, I very much, is it empathize or sympathize with that argument? You sympathize with it. Yeah, like I sympathize with it. I would probably be someone advocating for it. But even yeah. as someone who would advocate for something like that, it is a like it is a big risk, and you kind of do need to understand that like it's it's going to be easy. It's not that easy to replace Randall. Like I think because we're so hyper focused on the Knicks, I think just given the state of what we do as fans yeah. as a whole. We focus so much because we're watching them every single day. We're obsessive with this stuff. So Mm -hmm. I do think it's very 
easy for us to just be like, well, yeah, we've seen, like, we know Obi Toppin. We've seen him play. Of course he can do it. The numbers actually support it, that mm-hmm. he could do it. Um, it's How much game. weight do you put in last year and the year before? Last year and I think last year. Yeah. So I think, so I know started, for me, right? He started so about is, 10 or 12 games between the end of the two seasons and put up great numbers in those games. Does that carry weight to you? For, okay, so for me, I'm very much a vibe guy. So when I'm watching the Knicks, and you know, maybe, maybe not. I've taken an edible. Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. I haven't, you know, smoked something to ease my mind watching the Knicks. I'm very big on vibes, reading the energy of MSG, feeling the momentum. Very hippy dippy Bill Walton, mm-hmm. like abstract shit that I'm really talking about. <laughs> that makes really no sense like right there's no logic to it it's just feelings and emotions but the game is not all about logic of course not that's what i'm getting at right like yeah, that's, yeah, so yeah. when i see that and i watch and i feel obi top and play i'm like this dude has it he yeah. has the vibes he does he have that vibe he has it and it's like and i just have that feeling deep in my gut like i mm-hmm. get that he's older but like mm-hmm. when you saw like his like I, I, I remember when the Knicks drafted and people were very upset. And yeah. as the and as the non-college guy looking at his college numbers, I'm like, his numbers are fucking batshit crazy. Like they're really good. Like yep. this guy can clearly play basketball. What is everyone talking about? And you kind of saw that when he played, right? When he got like yeah. he's very much like a rhythm player. Yes. And like you saw that and He's made improvements in this game. He can dribble and like do pull up shit. He has. He has. And he has a little David Lee quality. I think quickly has it more. But if you remember David Lee, David Lee came into the league yeah. as a player. He was a kind of an energy for like he could dunk, yes. he could rebound. That was he was an energy guy. Every season he added a jump a jumper. Mm-hmm. Uh, his passing became really excellent. Um, yeah. Better ball David handler, Lee like, was really good. He ended up with a whole entire bag of like post moves. Every mm-hmm. year he would just add something. And quickly and top and have both seemed to me like players who, who do that's that, why yeah. quickly shooting. I think he's a little streakier than than people might think in, in large, like he can be streaky for like six weeks and then the other yes. way. But also that's offset by the fact that everything else is stable and improving over that time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Toppin, it's also like you're saying, it's the energy and it's the it's the the skill development, but it's also like you can see the intelligence in this player. Like some players, you can see it. And while Toppin will probably never average, like Randall led the Knicks in assists the two years before this year. Toppin's yes. never going to lead the Knicks in assists, but Stacy always loves to point out, like as a connective passer. Like He's very good ball at that. does yes. not stay in his when he gets it, he knows where it's going next. It goes yep. there. He yep. gets where he has to get to. And so even though, like, and you were saying, like, he's old for for a for a guy going into year four, he's old. But he's right on Brunson's timeline. Like, he's not off Brunson's timeline. Like he would fit yeah. if you're trying to build around that, he's right on he's, it. Yeah, he's right on um, it. Yeah. Which so, could like, be another reason to say, like, maybe that's a reason, maybe that is a factor in considering moving off Randall because if you're going to ride Brunson until he's 30, 31, 32, 
You're not going to ride Randall till he's 34, probably. But yeah, um, probably not. Just given the way he plays and stuff too. Yeah, I don't think he's yeah. going to. So like Obi would make more sense. But I also get the argument, which is probably what the Knicks are doing, and what we're seeing in these like you know these reports and stuff like that is like you can't just like easily. I don't think I think it's very easy to like let's just trade Randall. I don't think it's easy to trade a two time All NBA All Star like two time All Star on a team that just made the second round of the playoffs. Especially I, depending on what you want to get back. Like if yeah, they, like I think if they're the Wizards us, and they just want to get rid of Randall to get rid of him, like you can do it. Yeah, like I think for us, because we're diehards and we very much are watching this very meticulously, I think we would be like, no, we have a pretty good chance if Obi's in there. It may not be the same, right? But like right. we have faith that Obi can provide something. And you kind of see that too when Brunson doesn't play with Randall. Like Brunson does run with like the young guys. Yes. Yes. So like Brunson's very okay playing any type of style of basketball. Mm-hmm. So I think because we're watching, we have faith in OB, but it's also a big risk for if you're not like it's still a very like it's a very big risk. Like you would have to be like OB is gonna provide you all-star impact mm-hmm. during the regular season to even get to the playoffs. Um and that's, you know, that's that's an easier decision for us sitting on a podcast, or sofa to make, than <laughs> like Sorry. running the actual Knicks. And that's why they're looking to trade Obi, because it's actually probably better for Obi and the Knicks to just trade him. Which yeah. is why I think just as we're watching, I guess we're seeing like the draft happen. It's just kind of insane that like the Knicks couldn't get like a pick for Obi. So I was thinking right? about that. Like, if, if I'm a team, I would assume the Knicks would want to trade him for a first rounder. If I've got a pick in the in the first round, and the Knicks come to me offering Obi Toppin, like I already know, like you would have to love Obi because if you're going to trade a first for him, you have to extend him a year from now. Otherwise, there's no point making the trade. Right, but like if you're the Warriors, why wouldn't you just trade your pick? And just get a guy who doesn't need to dribble the ball to play with you. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're looking, I think like their case is so right specific. Now. What's that? Like, they're looking to win right now. Like, yeah. why not just bring in Obi Doppin? Like, to me, I feel like that's a no brainer for the Warriors. But again, I think that's coming from the fact that we're watching him and we like love Obi. But like, so right. I don't I just know read, what his um, actual value is. Yeah, like I don't know what his actual value is, but like I think every Knicks fan piece about would be this. like, and he, yeah, like, did you read the cat's piece about talking to other people about Obi? I don't have the athletic, and I will not ah. ever. He spoke to like five different executives trying to get a sense of like what would Obi, well, you know, what would Obi Topping get? And the to to your point about like maybe we're so obsessed like. I mean, sometimes we know better because we see the guy, but sometimes we're too mm-hmm. close. Um, most people, maybe it was more than five, most people fell in the like 10 to $12 million a year range, three to four years. Mm-hmm. Um, some people were lower. Um, and I just wonder if like, I wonder sometimes like, are, are we, you know, because this really applies to the Knicks, maybe even beyond Toppin. Like because we as Nick fans have for so long not had a young core. It reminds me of when the Yankees had um, Phil Hughes and Java Chamberlain and Ian Kennedy, and people talked about this trio like they were going to, you know, reinvent baseball. 
And I was in always Jabba like, did, in Jabba did until the Nets. Was it the Nets? What was the, the Nets. situation? Yeah, it was the it Nets. Was the Nets yeah, until, the, until the Nets until the Nets ruined his career. Yes, um, Jabba was looking good till then, but you could tell from the outside, like because the Yankees had to that point never really invested in youth. You could see their fans were like, okay, like you should be happy, but calm down. Like everyone else knows what happens when you put all your eggs in the our prospects are going to be great basket. Yes. Nick fans have not had a collection of stable of like talented, promising young players, which we have now. But I wonder sometimes if we over collectively overestimate what they all are. Because you always hear the Knicks mention in trades. Um but I don't hear like the league is banging down their door to get Obi Top. How much is that potentially also just years and years of both trauma, right, playing a role into this? How much of it is the fact that I do think traditional, how the way the NBA is being covered by larger media markets, narrative? is way more important than substance in terms of like what you're providing mm. that it's easier to sell the narrative of the Knicks are the Knicks drafted a guy at nine and they don't even play him. How good can he actually, it's a bust. It's a very, it's a very lazy, easy thing to sell. Mm-hmm. And if you're an executive for a team, I don't know what that role necessarily is. How much are you paying attention to every single player on every single team? So I think there's an element of that, but you are right though, right? Like we do have to consider the home. Like I do think we do. I think we as fans always need to try to always take that step back. And I think that step back would be thinking of things like even someone else like Zach Lowe, he's like, Obi Toppin's pretty good. Right, like mm-hmm. he, like even like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know we joke around as Knicks fans when we say, like he's a Celtics fan because like he has those roots, and that's fine. Like he just won't admit it, but like I do think there is some semblance where like guys who have shaped, especially a lot of like what we do, someone like Zach Lowe, like who has like a voice where he's like he's the nerd of the group like he's yeah. the basketball nerd and the basketball yeah. nerd is like obi toppin's pretty good right because he was always like Emmanuel quickly really good obi mm-hmm. toppin's mm-hmm. pretty good and i also don't think for the knicks you don't it's like i said like i don't think you fluke into this good of a season like i think you have mm-hmm. to be a good basketball team and i just yeah. think these young guys are just good and i i I really do feel like, oh, he's going to go to a team. He's going to get minutes. And then it's going to shift and be like, why didn't the Knicks play him? Like, I have, like, I really do feel like it's going to be there because I feel like he's that type of guy. Like, I feel like it's going to be like, oh, shit. Like, I just, I feel it happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would you feel okay if the Knicks didn't really make any moves and came back to next year with the same team? (sighs) It would be disheartening but i would get it yeah um yeah i i think there's still upside on this team like specifically with the with the players and team like i don't know how wise that is just giving given how things are shaken out like i do think there needs to be some like the, i think the knicks need to address 
something. Yeah. And with the new like, CBA, like there's obviously yeah, like, making moves now rather yeah, than like I yeah, like I like they need to do something, whether it's as simple as even like we still haven't heard them trading into like trading into the draft. They right. could really use a guy with a late first round salary, right? Just to have a guaranteed yes, four year control salary. Mm-hmm. Like the Knicks don't have that. And mm-hmm. oh, they're already in the second round or the end of the first like they're like they're about to end the first you round. You say already, it's been like three hours. Yeah, I know. I know what <laughs> but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Right? Like it's like they haven't done anything. So it's like they're probably not going to do anything in the if they do it the second round, which okay, sure, but like I, I just like the four year. I like the four team controlled years over the three. That's yeah, just me. absolutely absolutely like I feel like they, they traded out of last year draft. It worked out for them because they got Jalen Brunson. Right. So, like, I get the argument they're going to be like, this was their first year with Brunson. They just need another year to gel. Sure. But I still think we saw some limitations mm-hmm. with this team where they don't necessarily have the three-point shooting if Randall or RJ, like, aren't going to make their shots. Um, and if Josh Hart isn't going to shoot, like he decided to stop shooting in the Miami series and like, I get that you can't shoot, but like you're open, you have to shoot. Yeah. And he's probably not going to shoot. He probably can't shoot as well over a full season as he did over the, however long he was there. Right. But like, he, like someone needs to shoot. Yes. And I don't know where that's coming from. Where and I think that's like the Knicks' strategy will work over a regular season, mm-hmm. which is volume, volume, and volume, right? Over bludgeon your opponent with maximizing as many possessions and shot opportunities as possible because mm-hmm. you are going to make more shots that way, which is through offensive rebounding, getting to the line, yep. all this sort of stuff. I it will work, you just see the limitations in the playoffs where there's no shooting, but then you can also be like, well, it's also the coach too, right? Like the coach realized game, like what, like two games into the Miami series that he can't start Josh Hart where us idiots on like, again, like us dopey fans are like, start the guy who's a threat to shoot. Like, what are you doing? This is basketball one oh one. This is like high school level adjustments we're talking mm-hmm. about. We're not even talking mm-hmm. about like complicated spo shit. We're just like <laughs> it's someone who could shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. So like it doesn't appear Tibbs is getting fired, right? Like they're not gonna fire him after this year. Nope. Um if you want to be like quickly is not gonna be as bad, Randall's not gonna be as bad, and RJ is not gonna be and like RJ is actually close like RJ is actually gonna approve upon his playoffs. Yeah. Stuff. yeah not his regular season self, right? Like, if mm-hmm. you're, like, sure, but, like, I'm not going into the season like that. I Like, I don't want to go into the season being, like, banking on R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Josh Hart, and Tom Thibodeau like that. <laughs> like, I love these guys. Like, it, or even something as, like, switching up the center. Like, I, like, Mitch clearly has proven me wrong. I was very much ready to trade Mitch, but like Mitch is very good, but Mitch is very good in a specific way. Like, like Steven Adams is really good, but Steven Adams can pass and Mitch can't Right? like Steven Adams has that extra get like gives you something extra on offense that Mitch doesn't. So like if the Knicks can upgrade at center, but like 
who's the upgrade at center, right? Like, I don't know who that person is. Like, do you, like, if you, do you want to risk DeAndre Ayton? I mean, I would, but I'm also a crazy person who still, <laughs> for some reason, believes that, that the, the honest defender in the, in the, in the, in finals. the, in the finals is going to come back. Like, yeah. but that's just me. Being, I don't know about that, Joe. <laughs> yeah, like that's just me. He's a weird dude. Helpful, he is right? a like, weird, he's weird, a dude. weird guy. But like, those are your options, right? Like, yeah. do you want that? And it's like, I think I'd rather just keep Mitch. <laughs> like, I'll take Mitch at fifteen over eight and at thirty. That, right, that's what I'm getting at. Right, it's just like <laughs> that. Like that's your option. Like it, the Knicks aren't getting Joel Embiid. They missed out on potentially doing a Zion trade during the draft but like so like maybe zion's move in the offseason and randall you're replacing randall with zion like that's your big move Mm -hmm. i don't like i don't know where the moves are actually coming from i i I do think they need something though Mm -hmm. like i like it would be great if like you replace fournier with like Fournier that can play defense to come off the bench. Mm. Just so you have like an extra big guy who can shoot. Yeah, I think they need a big who can shoot. They just need someone who like if you just replace if you like I don't want Obi replaced, but like you probably have to replace him. You need to replace Obi with someone who can actually is a threat to shoot the ball, even though Obi became a very good shooter. Is Gallinari too old, or would that be someone you would consider when he gets bought? Uh, he's, he's too. He's too old. He's oh, too okay. old. He's too old. But like, they need. I think they need like that. Like, they need someone who could. Like, they really just need someone who could shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just one extra guy. I think that would make that would make a huge difference. Sure, you've answered the last Nick-related question I was going to ask you, which was Ooh, about what, the centers. So I'm going to cl- yeah I'm going to close with a non basketball question for you. I want to know, Drew uh-huh. Steele, is there anything on this earth that would get you into a submersible going down <laughs> to the bottom of the ocean to see? No, nothing. You are never getting me in <laughs> a submersible with what was it? A twelve inch view hole, a Logitech Xbox controller. In a in a LED TV to view the wreckage of the Titanic, and those guys had the nerve to charge 250k, and not only have the nerve to do it, dumbasses actually like, oh, this sounds like a great idea. I can't wait to get into a tube crammed in with 12 other people with like a bucket to shit in to go see wreckage. Like that's insane. If you heard the lost city of Atlantis had been found at the bottom of the ocean. Are no. you going down to the submersible? No. 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 If you heard Absolutely. there was an interdimensional doorway, no. and this was the only universe where you would ever see the Knicks win a title, would you travel through the doorway in the submersible to see it? No, because knowing how much these guys are getting clowned, <laughs> I don't want to get that. And like I, they rightfully... I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit. They rightfully deserve to get clowned. If you're like, it, like straight up, like. This is, it's such are... a weird story because they do. Like, my heart breaks for the 19-year-old. But then yeah. I'm also like, he was going to grow up to be 
a billionaire who inherited billions. We're talking about billionaires making a conscious decision to go into a sketchy ass submersible. That again, again, for all the gamers listening who know this, no one used the Logitech controller. I had no one years ago. And they suck. They had problems. <laughs> they had problems. Suck. Mm-hmm. Like like everyone knows this. And it's like those are the risks you take. And I that's some this is what I always have I always have to bring myself to at like a personal level. At one point do you really have to say it's like personally on me? Because mm-hmm. so much so much of like things and shit you can't control really does actually affect you. Yeah. But there are a lot of times where like you still are very much in control of your life, in control of the decisions you make, all these sort of things. Like you still are very much autonomous. And if you don't have the awareness that getting into that submersible, like I could die, like, yeah, obviously you can die. Like you need to be aware of that. And if they didn't know the risks, that's not on me to provide that empathy or sympathy or whatever it is. I'm sorry. Like their families are going to be very much all off. Like, yeah, they're going to miss them. It'd be great. But you know what? I'm not a billionaire. Like, I don't have that money. If I had that money, I think I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. I would not use it to. to... I don't know. I so suppose everyone, you... everyone, I suppose, takes risks of some kind, but I don't feel like they're all equal. And I mean, I wouldn't get in that shit on land. Like, if you just wanted to show no. me what it was like inside, I would take your word for it. Yeah. Um, I... Like, you know, when you'll go to like, like I, I remember this. Well, I think they actually have it in New York with the uh, Intrepid. Like they have a submarine you can go into that's next to the aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. I don't even get into those, and those are like <laughs> docked, monitored. Mm-mm. Like Mm-mm. I don't do that. Like the oh, the closest thing I got into that was like submarine like was the Maritime Museum in Genoa, Italy, where they had a specific room. That was like, this is what an Italian submarine would be like. Yeah. Right? Like, that was it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I like only like only like some people like the Strickland, like, no, like, I am a pretty big guy. So like, I'm not good in small spaces. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm mm-hmm. not doing it. You have all that money. Like, I don't know. Hike like the Appalachian Trail with like the greatest gear possible or something. I don't know. Like, don't do that. Like, I don't know. Like, things have to, like life has its risks, and yeah. you just have to accept that if you're going to do that, you are at high risk. It's like we we see that with like jobs, right? Like there are high risk jobs, and it sucks when people die in them, but those are unfortunately things that are going to happen it sucks but that is life people die like their families are going to be okay i hate to break it to you like yes they lost loved ones it probably sucks but money does a money does a lot yeah i'm i mean if i see four people in an elevator i wait like i'm not getting i don't i don't take the elevator unless i have to like yeah. I don't do I don't do tight. Yeah, like, no, I, don't I don't either. Do, 
I just, mm -mm. I don't do them. I don't like them. If there are stairs that I'm allowed to walk up, I am walking up the stairs and going down the stairs. I lived in a 12 story apartment complex in Chicago that was built pre-World War II. Mm. I lived on the 11th floor and it had an elevator. You know what I did? I walked up 11 flights of stairs and walked down 11, down 11 wow. flights of stairs. You would very, very, like, unless I had so many groceries, yeah, yeah, I yeah. literally just couldn't walk up 11 flights of stairs. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not taking some, like, shitty, like, I'm not taking an elevator. No. I'm nope. not getting in a submersible. <laughs> like, they can't even call it a submarine. They call it a submersible. Like, they can't call it a submarine because it's not even a submarine like, no Absolutely and ladies not. and gentlemen and, and the coast guard is looking for them the french coast guard or whatever the french coast guard is is looking for them like what like what are we doing wasting resources on this they chose to go down to a dangerous area if james yeah. cameron is like i don't recommend this maybe listen to james cameron who's Oddly enough, is the expert. I know. I saw <laughs> that. James Cameron was making a lot of sense. Yeah, he's like, he, like, he said they spent they spent three years just on a computer. Like before they went to even build it, they spent yes. three years on the computer just figuring it out. Before they went to construction, multiple tests, like stress tests, and then did it. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, I know this story that Drew just told about living on the 11th story to be true because it's those magical calves that led him to be drafted in the first round tonight by the Miami Heat. To the Miami that is how you tie together start and end of a podcast. Drew, I'm going wait. to say our goodbyes to you now, but thank you as always um, for joining the pod. Do you have anything to pitch to the audience? Um, pieces coming out, Twitter handle, any just nah, I, message I, you want to share? I stay off Twitter now these days. The place is too chaotic. Um, Smart man, Drew. You can always catch, just go to the Strickland, go on the Patreon. That's where you'll find me. I'll be in the Discord. You can always hit me up there. Um, I've been slacking due to a lot of shit going on, but like watch the WNBA. Um, yes. Like just watch it. It's really good. It's if you're. If you love basketball, yep. like in terms of like all five people can pass, dribble, shoot, and yep. do post moves, and the floor is completely spaced because they're not all seven foot giant. <laughs> like, everybody can shoot, like, and everyone can shoot. Like, mm -hmm. it's really fun to watch. It is. The Liberty are really fun to watch. The mm -hmm. Las Vegas Aces are really fun to watch. The mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. I was gonna say the Washington Wizards, the Washington the Mystics, Mystics, the Mystics have been are nice really here. fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Even like the son who lost John Quill Jones to the Liberty, yep. the son are really good. Yeah. Um, they, there's just a lot of really good basketball teams in the WNBA. So like, watch the WNBA. It's a like, rare opportunity be, to catch a my plug. point. Sorry, I said like that would be my plug. Like, just watch it. Like, this is my first time watching it this year. Yeah. Like, actually nice. following it nice. and. Like, it was only 25 bucks for League Pass. It's not like that for the NBA. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, I can watch all the games. Like, I can get my basketball fix. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I think this would be a good time to watch it. 
I think you're I think you're probably in the early grounds of something much larger because yeah there's definitely going to be expansion yep teams are way too deep like the liberty are stacked like mm-hmm. stacked upon stacked upon yeah. stacked yeah there's it's, it's a rare opportunity I, to catch a yeah. league where there's not enough there's not enough spots for the talent that exists yes. so everybody is there, there's not like a well they have six people and then they suck like everybody has depth yeah, everyone is, and it's. I just think it's just a. It's a different. It's different from college basketball. It's different from NBA basketball, mm-hmm. and it's probably. I don't watch that much European basketball, but it's probably closer to like European basketball than yeah. anything else right now. Like you're not getting, like you're not getting the dunks or the crazy speed or anything like that. But like, you're gonna have like every person dropping these insane dimes. So if like, if you're big on like passing and just like crazy back cuts Mm -hmm. and like shit like that, like this is like, this is the type of basketball you should watch. I've just, yeah, just like my first year watching it. I'm like, I'm in, like, I'm just into it. Like I'm in, like, I, I love it. And it gets my basketball fixed. Cause like the NBA season's dead. (laughs) Like I hate the off season. Obviously, there's mm. a bunch of nothing. It's just rumors and nothingness. Mm-hmm. And like now, we can actually just like watch basketball and like, great. That's not bad because I don't like college basketball. It's bad. That no, NBA isn't bad. Yeah, the way NBA is good basketball. Like if you just want to watch good basketball, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's cheap. It's it's twenty five bucks for every game. Just do it. Just do it. Plus, it's still at that point. I, I'm on my other pod. I've spoken to a couple of people recently about the question of like how we define success commercially for the WNBA in a capitalist society, and like, is it possible? Like, you have this very progressive league, this very fun league, but like, mm-hmm. it is probably invariably going to follow the pattern of male sports in terms of expansion, in terms of what is turned, like what mm-hmm. is decided are its priorities commercially. So it's also this moment that you can catch the sport at a point where like there's a great spirit in it. There's not the animosity mm. between the press and the, and, and you see the NBA nope. and I have a problem with that sometimes too, but like um, just the energy, like the players really seem like to enjoy being a part of it and building yes. what they're building. Yes. And like, and it's just, it's a very nice and right now it's in such a nice, like, precious moment in its gestation like this is a good time to to enjoy it because it really may not be like this five or ten years from now um if it continues yeah. to grow i feel like so and and if you didn't know uh the strictly we started covering liberty this year um mm-hmm. gg spear uh colin loring myself uh, most of the two of them have done most of the recaps and it's really delightful um it's really like you're saying, like if you wanna, if you need your fix, but you want it just a little, a little different, it's been really, really yeah. And it's down. faster. The games are faster than NBA games. Yep, yep. Forty minutes. Um, there's not the, it's, they just don't drag. You know, it's great. Like yeah, the the, the broad like the the groups who do the game stuff for like any of the team, they're full mm. of like joy. They're like, this is just fun to do. Yeah, everyone's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's fun mm-hmm. and like you get in and out like you can watch easily like 
if you have like nothing to do on a Saturday, you can easily watch like three games and yep. still have like your entire day. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that that's my thing. Or watch the the Duggar docu. Have you watched the Duggar documentary, Professor? That's on Amazon. I have not. Oh my god, Professor. Is this Duggar D U G G A R? Yeah, it's those it's those it's the nineteen and counting people. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta watch you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. I keep telling yeah. people you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. They put these people on TV. I know for a while. They put these people on TV. People were watching them. They were part of a cult. Oh, and trust me, I, I knew cult, people watching cult it. ideology. What is going on? What are we? What did? What were we doing in the two thousands? <laughs> <laughs> what uh, were we doing? That's a fair. That's always a fair question. You, what are like? We we are we need to start vetting people out more. We need to start. We really need to start canceling <laughs> people more. That's what we actually need. The Duckers would have been canceled so fast in twenty twenty three. Mm-hmm. They'd, be, they'd be on t- like they would have people on TikTok like doing stories and stuff like that, being like, "Do you know what these people do? They're part of a cult by some guy who like they would never, never got, got married." It is like God told me never to get married. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> these people are wild. It's like you need to have as many children as possible to become closer. Like this is crazy talk. Uh, anyway, go watch that. That's that's. Stop the podcast right now, even though it's about the end. Stop the podcast right now. Go watch Duggars. To to offer a quick countercult programming message, if someone (laughs) is telling you that your life is going to be better from having more children, I want to tell you. (laughs) The answer's wrong. Don't listen to those people. One is good. Stop there, man. (laughs) Stop there. 19 is not the answer to any question. Or you should be like me, who's going to have zero kids Mm -hmm. and be fine with it. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't need more than two. Kids are like golf, man. You want to keep that score down. Mm-hmm. You do not want to be getting up there. It is a big responsibility. Take that shit seriously. Don't mess around. I will, I will check out the Duggars, Doug. Um, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Sounds, I need to I'll talk see. to more people about it. I, I can't. I will give it a shot. I will give it a shot. Um, that will be all for this episode of the Believe Nick's podcast. Uh, remember, the show is presented to you by Bet Online. It is also presented by me, and in this case, Drew. Um, stay tuned. There will be another episode when Stacy's back. I know we're going to do at least one more, at least to say our our voice. Um, but until then, enjoy the night, enjoy your life. Maybe the next will have done something by the next time we meet. And if so, yeah, so far, nothing. Fun. So far, nothing. Yeah, quiet night tonight. Stay tuned. We'll see what happens. Um, in the meantime, peace, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.